Vix the Convince. Welcome to the Vix the Convince podcast. Here's your host, NewSpark founder, Paul Mosenson. Hello out there, it's Paul Mosenson. Welcome to the podcast, Fix the Convince, marketing optimization. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Um, you know, here it is, we're doing this in, uh, in April and everybody's starting to feel better about themselves, we hope. And, but we still, you know, have business goals, don't we? And we're all looking to grow and build our business and, you know, drive sales, things like that. You know, we always talk about sales enablement, engagement, and, but you know what? Everything starts with the word, the magic word, you know, that drives people into your website or your properties to generate conversions. And we talk about words a lot in marketing. And we have a guest today who is a, a, like a, a champion word um, expert. I call her that because it's amazing what she does, especially in the startup community, in other industries. And her name is Randy Spina. Hi, Randy. How are you? I'm great, Paul. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining. Thanks for asking. Great. Um, so Randy, um, let me describe who you are. So for the audience out here, she is a marketing and communications professional whose corporate career included senior level positions in financial services in the travel industry before evolving into higher education and consulting. You ran your own agency for 13 years. Yeah. You, wow. Um, magic 13. You're Lucky an number. It is. <laughs> it is. You know, you always wonder, by the way, why elevators don't have 13. It's crazy sometimes, floor 13. Do you know I used to live in a high rise and I lived on the 13th floor? Oh, and did I you? had a black cat. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just not superstitious. I guess not. Um, <laughs> you're an author, a writer, a nonprofit board member. And according to your successes, now, this is what you're telling me that you shattered response rate records. I'm not going to get into that, but, um, but I trust you did shatter them. I did. Um, you know, I had a bunch of albums and they fell on the floor and I shattered them too. <laughs> but, um, but you've worked with hundreds of businesses over your career and you've built a long list of what you call first evers and successes, including creating, building and scaling, then managing multi-million dollar membership and continuity programs. That is a mouthful, but, the point of the matter is, um, is, you know, probably um, using the word and messaging properly that you have um, really helped companies grow and scale. And that's pretty awesome. So we're glad to have you on. And I do have a bunch of questions for you. Thank you. I am. I am ready. Okay, Randy. Um, so let's, let me ask you this. Um, you, you, we, in your description, you talked about some of the businesses you've been in and helped. Um, especially in the startup community. Um, why don't you describe, you know, more about your experiences there and some examples of uh, how you did help these companies scale? Sure. So, um, you know, early in my career, I started with, uh, you know, big Fortune 100s. I'm from New York City, so I worked on Wall Street for a while. I worked for really big companies like American Express and lots of banks and insurance companies early on. Um, and then... Um, you know, I started thinking that um, things should be done differently. And I had these really big ideas. 
so I started becoming very entrepreneurial, as they say, uh, launching a lot of large scale uh, new programs and, and products. Uh, and so a lot of my first ever's had never been attempted before by these big companies, um, including Disney, actually, and, and some universities. Cool. And then I moved over into, you know, working with some startups. Uh, so there was one that I joined uh, early on. They were uh, at 15 mil when I started. Uh, they were purchased from, it was a division that was purchased away from Experian credit reporting company. Right. Um, and so uh, this VC company bought, bought the portfolio. They bought it at 15. I was there for three years and then they sold. Uh, I was vice president of marketing and new product development. And when we sold, we were at 125 mil um, in less than three years. And um, so I was you know, creating new products. I opened up new markets. They had been only B2B before I came along and I opened up B2C market for them. Um, did, did a lot of work. Actually, one of the most fun things I did there was uh, work with the company's uh, countries. I'm sorry. First, uh, veterinary health insurance company for pets, which was kind of very, very fun and very interesting. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, going to meetings there was awesome. You know, there were dogs, cats, snakes, mm -hmm. birds. They were like everywhere. No. It was crazy. Uh, <laughs> some of the best meetings I ever had. Uh, and uh, then the other startup that I worked with, uh, I was hired as to be the first general manager of a startup. It was a credit card division for a global travel company. And uh, they started, of course, at you know zero card members. And they were about 100,000 by the time I left. And I built their okay. entire infrastructure for them. Great. Uh, and, um, you know, um, did a lot of travel, obviously. It was a global travel company. So yeah, okay. That job was a lot of fun too. Good. Well, you know what I tell people who are in the credit card business that was very interesting. Okay. Uh -huh. So let's move on. Uh, like <laughs> you credit credit me for that joke. Okay. I will. Um, uh -huh. ha, 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 ha. So um, trying to keep it engaging on a podcast, right? So, um, but let's let's talk about um, your philosophy on um, generating leads and conversions from your perspective and what you've done in the past, especially when it comes to content and things like that. Sure, sure. Uh, so you, one of the advantages I have, you know, when I had my agency for all those years, I mean, I worked with such a variety of companies. I used to say everything from aviation to yoga, which is true. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes an outsider's perspective is exactly what you need because, you know, you're, you're so entrenched in um, the way that you're doing things or how you're doing things. So, a lot of times it was just much easier for me to, you know, sort of take like a third hand look at stuff um, and help companies drill down to the basics. Like what's, what's your message? You know, this used to happen a lot with me with clients. I would look at a website and then I would talk to the person, you know, because they would fill out the contact form on my website um, or contact me in some way. And of course, the first thing I would do to learn about with them, you know, is website. And then I would talk to them and it was com two completely different messages. <laughs> but that's not at all what your website says. So yeah, a, a lot of times it's just like 
pulling stuff out of people, right? You know, and and me being able to like edit through, um, wading through a lot of their words and and things like that to get to get clarity, right? Like really drill down to the message. Um, and then you know sometimes it's more about on their side, you know, on client side, if they're not a marketing person, you know what works let's see what works so I'm, I'm all about testing and you know I'm all about things like subject lines and you know all that kind of stuff but uh you know when you have so much content out there now demanded by the I mean businesses it's just it's a fact of life you are constantly having to pump out content um, just to stay afloat, literally. So you've got websites, you've got blogs, you've got newsletters, you've got obviously all the social media, you've got digital ads, you've got white papers. I mean, and oftentimes all of this stuff is written by different people. And if it's a big company, it's written by different teams, right? So it's really easy to get off track and lose focus. So I kind of help them drill down, you know, what are your clear value propositions what problems do you solve that's it what's what do you solve well, and what makes you better and and different yeah well, i mean that is the essence of it we've you know in previous podcasts we spoke about that too really but it's the point of the matter is is um you know i always tell people you know i say this all the time is why do they need you, which is their services or products? And why do they need you, which is why buy from you, right? Right. Because you got to establish, you know, the need. And then once people figure out they're looking for something or a service, then they got to decide which company to go with. And then, and, and, you know, that's really part of the whole, that's the message, right? You know, the, the case studies, all those things you put together right. into creating this story of, the old what's in it for me, you know, concept, right? And right. Um, versus what's in it for a company. And you know right. the drill, Randy, you know, we, you know, when we do assessments together, you know, it's, it's, we kind of like balance out feature and benefit and outcome, right? You know, if you have too many features and not enough benefits, it doesn't make sense. And it's all about me, 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 right? So, right. and, and, and I, so I, I, I appreciate what you do, because that is a, you know, companies do tend to talk about themselves more than the customer a lot. And like you said, though, the blogs, the kind of all that is trust and, you know, contributing to the trust and trust generates leads, as you know. So, right, right. Um, and, and if you really want to show how you're different than your competitors, you, I mean, video is a must. Um, you know, video is going to increase your um, stickiness on your website, video converts better, especially if it's on your homepage. So, you know, sit down in front of a camera, tell your story. You don't need a Hollywood setup to do it, you know, just do it. Yeah. Well, there's, there's two ways to do that, Randy. You know, like, you know, when I talk to clients myself, you know, I look at, um, depending on the situation, of course, um, but, you know, if it's a lookalike product and the differentiation could be the passion the company brings. So have the president or somebody come out and talk about, you know, the value prop, but showing the passion of the differentiation as compared to a complicated product, you know, where it's more like a, an explainer video, I guess, you know, so I, you know, so I, I, I'm, you know, video, I'm all for it, you know, and just, there's different ways to do it, of course, depending on the context, but, you know, but, you know, listen, we, you know, we tell people all the time, you know, people, are more persuaded by audio and video than the are written word 
So how come there's not enough video out there, right? Because word is easy, you know? So, um, well, not that easy, but you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) You know, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, but you know, so let's go back to when you start working on like the value prop and the content, you know, obviously we talked about what's in it for me and that's really important is the, 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 the target audiences and the personas. Um, what's your philosophy and, and process of determining a target audience for a firm? So it depends on what stage you're in, of course. Uh, if you're a pure startup, uh, then you know you may not have a firm handle on it. That's okay. Just go for the low-hanging fruit. Uh, if you're a founder or an investor, especially actually, if you're an investor, obviously you believed in the business. You believed, you know, that they solve solved a problem or, or are in some way addressing an unmet need in the marketplace. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a customer of, you know, one in particular that I'm thinking of, of a, a startup SaaS firm. And I love them. And it came about because of personal experience, right, that they had. So finding others like themselves, and, and they excelled at that, actually, um, is, should be your first outreach founders are also specifically SaaS founders are always part of large social communities. Um, So they have a good idea of the needs in the marketplace. It's just a matter of how do they package it? How do they, you know, what's the content around it? What's their, you know, value prop? And how do they get trigger people, right, to want to buy? So Building a persona helps as well, um, B2B or B2C, definitely building a persona based on, you know, if it's B2B, size of company, industry, SIC code, you know, what's the best title to target, you know, all, all of that stuff. Um, and what are their biggest challenges? What, what can you solve? The biggest issue is what do you solve? If you can drill down to that, You know, I think about like Google is the most complicated algorithm on the planet. I've I've heard some people say that their simplest algorithm is hundreds of pages of code long. Yet, when you go to their screen. I can see that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, when you go to their screen, it's just you fill in words and boom, it works. (laughs) That's like to the user right? To the end user, they're solving the problem. They're solving a search problem. They're helping you find something. So if you can, if you think about, oh, well, you know, we have a long story. We can't really distill it down. Yes, you can. If Google can do it, you can do it. Well, yeah. I mean, a little bit in the weeds there, but I think when we're talking about um, target audience, now, in it, you know, because the, the value proposition, all these things work together because I would say to you, Randy, like, you know, if it if your product saves money, you know, that sounds like it might be CFO type person, right? Or is it more efficient? That might be a different audience, you know, this, you know, I guess it depends on, um, first of all, what the product is. And, um, um, you know, and, and, you know, is it what department is it helping the most? Is it, you know, you could say, hey, we have a an HR software that makes hiring people a lot easier, right? So is that the HR director? That's, or, you know, or is it CIO, right? You know, or, you know, things like that. There's a neat, there's a, might be the same audience, but the, the message is different for each one. Right. And that's, that's and, yeah. And, and uh, but size of company is going to determine title as well. 
Um, it's really effective if you can target more than one, like a string of, you know, two or three um, with titles within one business, because they're all going to talk to each other. They're all going to right, interact with each other in meetings, etc. So um, sometimes that's a great strategy. Yeah, the messages might be slightly different, but, you know, you're at least reaching out to, to all of them. Um, and if you've been around for a while, you probably have a database of customers, hopefully, right? <laughs> you know, there's a ton of profiling tools out there. Um, and uh, once you've got a database, you can start modeling. And that is obviously where you want to, you know, that, that's the end goal, right? Is to have enough data to be able to model your audience yeah. and then go after more like them. And that's where testing comes in too, to see uh, what their needs are, you know, like, is it like ROI, efficiency, save money, save time, all these kinds of things. And what kind of, you know, various messages appeal to people, you know, right. it, it's right. going to take, you gotta, you gotta commit to testing. That's for sure. Um, do it all the time. Definitely. So, so let's go back to words again and, um, okay. words and phrases, you know, I mean, we talked about that before and we can, you know, Maybe um, if you have any other insights, because you really, you know, copywriting is an art, you know, and a lot of people can write too techy. You know, there's so many different tones. You know, do you want to be professional? Do you want to be like classy, witty, you know, tongue in cheek, you know, and, you know, that's part of the brand, I guess, is the the styling as long as it persuades. But right. what, are you, what are your thoughts on like determining the tone and words and phrases and, you know, um, you know, and, and how you um, decipher that. So uh, again, well, I'm going to say it has to fit the personality of the uh, business overall. Um, it's got to fit the personality of a founder. If it's a startup, it's got to fit the personality of, you know, decades long of, you know, image out in the marketplace as well. Um, but there's, um, you know, I'm, I'm all about what are your competitors doing and do something different. That's, that's how you separate yourself from the pack, you know, uh, like blue ocean strategy kind of thinking. Um, so don't do what everybody else is doing. But in order to know that, you need to know what they're doing. <laughs> so you need to do the research. Well, well, I mean, there's a number of things here. But, you know, comp, it, some I mean, you're a really competitive business. It's, sometimes it's hard to... You know, I mean, sometimes it's the tone, the messaging, like maybe, like you said, the unique value prop, maybe it's more videos, maybe it's more images, maybe the look feel is different. You know, um, I always tell people um, you know, who struggle with the value prop, this is one of my phrases, Randy, you can borrow it, of course, is um, people like it when I say maybe it's not how you're different, but how you communicate the sameness. You know what I mean? Huh. Um, because because you know, it's sometimes it's hard for value prop, especially in their creative field, like CRMs, you know, how many CRMs are there, you know, to say, oh, we're the ones that blank, you know, well, right. you, know, you know, like, you know, so you, you know, there's so many of them out there, right. But sometimes it's like, it's the tone, the styling, the words you use, the, the video, like you said, that says, and the content that surrounds it, right, that kind of says, well, um, I like, you know, maybe it's pricing too, but um it is a challenge, especially you know, with e-commerce, of course, you know, with shopping, you know, how do you determine what product to buy and all that? So, right. but, um, but I know I agree with you that, you know, I, I think if you're, um, 
you know, engaging enough to with links and stuff too to tell a story, you know, um, with case studies and things like that. That built. Oh yeah, that, definitely, definitely. I mean, Google, you know, a stat from Google is sixty-two percent of buyers say they make a decision based on content alone, um, and that content can be social, it can be website, it can be whatever it is. But you know, when when busy people are reading content, they they're going to decide within seconds um, if they're going to if they want to consume more of what you have to say. So you have to make sure that your your words take them down a path, uh, and that your site is sticky enough to keep them long enough so that they will do a call to action, whatever that might be: demo, newsletter, make an appointment, have a sales call, download a white paper. What, whatever that might be. Um, they have to be on the site long enough and the site has to be constructed in such a way that it literally is a path. It takes them from the top to the bottom um, with the call to appropriate call to actions, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and um, the quicker you can tell them how you're going to solve their problem or, or why they should choose you, obviously, the better. Yep. Well, Part of that is the next question is kind of just clarifying some points and some uh, ways to continue to build trust on a website because that's what we're talking about here in big picture. You know, I become a lead because I trust you. I become a sale because I trust you. So um, what, why don't you talk about trust a little bit more and, um, and um, some key points about building trust on a website? Absolutely. So, especially in B2B with, you know, very high ticket, um, you know, sales, trust is definitely the foundation for getting someone to um, do what you want them to do, even just set up a demo, make a call, right, or to take your call. So the image of trust has to permeate every layer of your business, um, starting with your public image. Um, in the marketing stage. So is your social, do you have social proof? Do you have testimonials? Um, do you have a press page? Uh, you know, it, all the way down to the end of the funnel after they buy from you and you want to retain them. Um, how do you talk about like the shipping information, for example? I mean, all of those messages instill trust. Um, so specifically, you know, you want to make sure that you're consistent across all platforms because everybody knows a confused mind always says no. Uh, and you always want to be clear and consistent across all of your platforms and across all of your internal processes. Um, another thing is, yeah, I, I like when there are real names and, and faces, right? That's why I'm all, I'm loving video right now. Um, I want to see what you look like. I want to see that you're a real person. Oh, yeah. You know, that has trust. Too. Can, I, can I interrupt for a second? You know, Absolutely. what, what, what of, of course, I've done been doing that through the whole podcast. Um, but anyway, um, the point though, is I, you know, my pet peeve is when I go to a company, and I see, I, I, I don't see a leadership team. I don't see a good about us. I right. want to see, I want to see who these people are, show their faces, so show, right. show their background. That's building trust. Right. Because, you know, if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to buy from somebody or some company, I want to make sure I know it's legit, you know, in a way and, and, right. and, and their credentials show up because that's part of building trust. So, right. So right. make, make a note, look at your, your, look at website, everybody got leadership team there. Let's do it. 
Okay. Absolutely. And and does that carry across to things like, uh, can you find, find them on LinkedIn? Are they real people? Because that's happened to me too. <laughs> you know, you can put any photo up on a website. Is it, you know, are they real people? Um, it, you know, not hiding behind like a chat bot, like, can, can I get to somebody, you know, if I need someone is, do you have customer service hours posted? Um, are, are you available when you say you're going to be available? Um, you know, social proof, what, what testimonials are awesome. Obviously Google reviews are fabulous too. Um, you know, if you've won awards, like put them out there. <laughs> If you're certified in, in something, put it out there. You know, oftentimes I talk to people and they have all these great things, but none of those great things are on their website and they don't talk about them in any of their content. And that's kind of a big disconnect. Um, you know, it's important to say what you do and do what you say, basically. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, you know, we talked about content here and, and your um, your expertise there, and you know, we've done it over the past. But um, you know, talk about okay, we got to start with content now, and how do you um, basically the building blocks of uh, building a content plan? What are your thoughts there? So uh, for high conversions, you know, you definitely want a content plan that includes um, all of the trust pieces, right, that we just talked about, uh, you know, author, offer up uh, lots of thought leadership um, and content that's relevant and helpful to the problems that they are trying to solve, um, you know, as you know, in, in our very disjointed world, do your best to choose the right platforms and stay focused too. Um, you know, your, your MarTech stack can help you do that, I think. Um, and once you get a lead, you know, that's great. And then how do you nurture them, right? What's the cadence and what's the timing of all of that? Well, yeah, then you got to decide, you know, the, continue the, the trust content. Right, because that's building the trust with that cadence, you know. Right, um, right, and you know things like um, to to claim authority. You know, do you have an ebook? Do you have a white paper? Um, those are really high credibility and trust tools, uh, especially in in B two B. You know, are you blogging? Do you have a great FAQ? section that helps people know if they need to return something or if they have a problem or that you've thought everything through from the customer journey from beginning to end. Um, <clears throat> one of the best ways to, you know, before you deploy a website or a new website um, is, you know, have, have potential people play with it, if you will. Make sure that you've covered everything important so so that when it's a real lead, you know, you, you've got something solid. Um, you know, be consistent in everything that you say, um, track and measure everything, test everything. Um, but just know that, you know, you're you're gonna need to pivot at some point, you know, you're you're gonna need to adjust. You, a new competitor could come into the market. Um, the world can go crazy again. Who knows? Another pandemic. I don't know. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Anything. I'm just saying. Uh, You've okay. got to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the next virus is on my computer, not in the world. Oh, but, God, no. You don't want a virus <laughs> on your computer. That's okay. I back up. I back up. I have carbonite. Oh. Anyway, uh, 
But the point, the point though, is like when you go back to your content mapping um, and the trust plan, I mean, there's obviously, you know, there's buyer's journey, right? And you have the attention and the interest, you know, consideration content, you know, as you go through the funnel and having content for each. And I think that's important to, you know, it's not easy, but when you do all that research, like we spoke about earlier, sorry, got a cat in front of me, um, is, um, you know, you've got to, um, you know, map it out so that yeah, it's a, you know, it's like a, a, a really good story you're giving as you people go through the funnel and be right. able to ship them around when they engage to other kinds of content that might be more sales content if they're engaged higher. Right. So, I mean, that's really what we do with marketing, right? I mean, that's what people don't understand, you know, is like, we're not just throwing darts out there with messaging, right? There's a lot of strategy involved with it, you know, and um, all we want to do is engage people to, you know, click and, and read and build the trust so the salespeople can say, oh, look, somebody went to our website, go call him, right? So, right. Um, but if they're not interested, they're not coming to your site and they're not being engaged by salespeople. So you think about some of those, it's a high level topic here, but for another day, but you think about why, how marketing automation works, right? When you have good content and you know, we can track, you know, the people in the CRM of what they do on the site. And if they're interested, they might be more engaged and well, you know, the drill. So, right. But and um, the truth is that for really big ticket items in B2B, you are not the only, you know, place that they're shopping. Right. I, I mean, they're comparing they're you know, so what do you do? What do you say to stand out and make sure that your company is the one that they choose? I mean, that's, you know, that's yeah. also very important is to know that you are uh, understand that you're being you're being shopped. I mean, there's no two ways about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know? oh, yeah, well, the goal is to get on the short list first. So, right. Exactly. Exactly. And then, so, how, you know, what, putting your best efforts forward to be able to um, convert them to, to buyer status is obviously the goal of every company, but how you do that um, versus your competitors is, is kind of key because you know that they're probably getting hit with all those messages at the same time. Yeah. All right. Um, this is a good conversation so far. And um, let me just ask you um, maybe one more is, um, you know, with all your experience and your shattering of records allegedly, um, um, is, uh, <laughs> what I believe you is, um, and that's why you're here, is, <laughs> is um, what advice do you have to companies who wish to grow further in general? Like, what's the you know, if I'm struggling and, you know, you know, there's lots of things you can look at, but um, from your perspective, what would you give as a consultant to a company? So I'm going to say, if you are just starting out, uh, make sure that you keep your early buyers happy, um, you know, make them your um, kind of the place that you, you, you nest, if you will, for the future. I mean, they're the ones who are probably going to, you know, resubscribe or, you know, whatever your plan is, rebuy, whatever it is that you're selling, um, keeping them happy. That's where you get referrals. You know, they're going to be your brand ambassadors and all of your social proof on social platforms and Google. Um, they're your referral network, you know, maybe create a referral program, right? Um, at, but at some point, you know, you need to focus, a lot of companies are focused solely on acquisition. 
And that's wonderful. And of course, you have to fill a pipeline when you're just starting. But at some point, depending upon your industry, your, your budget, your dollars, your numbers, your own KPIs, you've you got to focus now on retention. Um, if, you're, if you're a bill monthly kind of subscription service, that means that people have 12 chances a year to cancel. So, you know, how do you make them um, stick with you, right? You need, you need retention strategies. And those strategies are just as important as acquisition. And they should be written down. They should be budgeted and allocated for as well, right? They're your lifetime value down the road. For you sure. always, mm -hmm. You know, you're always going to keep um, an acquisition pipeline, but you're going to need both at some point. Um, so no, that, it's, it's huge. It's critical. Yeah, it's absolutely critical. Um, and then, you know, updating things from time to time, you know, taking a step back, look at your your business, your messaging, your website, you know, holistically, um, you know, obviously knowing what your competitors are doing, I think is well, really not big. Not only that, on though, I agree. Not only that, the analytics, you know, and are you, are you trending up, you know, through web traffic and, you know, you're, I mean, like you mentioned, the advice is just because you're growing, be proactive as well. Find little opportunities to optimize that because, um, you know, like you said, loyalty and retention is so critical, right? Um, and that's customer service, customer experience, yada, right. yada. So, right, right. Yeah. So, you know, as a consumer myself, you know, whether in a business role or in my, you know, private life, um, you know, all these like uh, new, you know, discounts for new customers only or, you know, whatever. Uh, you you want to reward loyalty and, you know, you want to reward people who have been with you for a while. <clears throat> and I think that's really important to keep in mind because um, you can really unnerve those who have been loyal to you by doing that. Yeah. All right. So Randy Spina, um, Thank you for joining me today on this insightful podcast. Thank you. Um, I, you know, I, I think people have to think about their messaging all the time, and uh, and and especially if they're going to grow, that's really the point. We're always you can do tactics and search marketing and display ads and you know and you know have pretty pictures. At the end of the day, you know. Are you engaging people and what's your conversion rates and all that starts with the word word attracts word engages words words convert and that's the point that's so right. um so so thanks for coming on and this is paul bosenson there'll be another podcast shortly and uh thanks for listening and be safe out there and have a great day paul bosenson fix the convince starts with trust Thanks for listening. Subscribe to get more marketing optimization insights. Fix the convince.